back, y'all. It's the Next Level Living Podcast. Hey. The number one rated podcast amongst... Anybody who like podcasts. It's your favorite podcast. <laughs> favorite podcast. Hey, we back. <laughs> Let's go, y'all. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Moss, man. I'm here with the gang. K-Hart, how you feeling? I'm feeling good today. That's good, man. How you feeling, Mike? Hey, I feel great. I feel okay. <laughs> no, you feel great, bro. I, my heart I is great. My mind is great in spite of it all. In spite of it Coach all. Coach me, Jay. Yeah. Because you could a- be up in the hospital bed somewhere. Mm. Again. With- <laughs> yes. Again. God didn't, right? Right. Okay. All right. Jay, how okay, you feeling? Cool. Man, great. I'm looking at my cousin, my beautiful cousin with that Hawaiian silky. Describe yeah. it on your head again. How's it, how's it, how's it go? Hawaiian silky. Okay. Oh. You got, <laughs> got that thing laid. No, I'm great. We have a, before I introduce our special guest, because right. I'm going get to get too far ahead of myself. Right. I'm excited for today, though. Today's episode is going to be special. Um, but before we talk about our guests, uh, Chris, you want to brag on and talk about some Ooh, of our people? Well, yeah. before you brag on our people, what what's going on with the look? Like this room is looking different. Like we, we Jaden did something. He feeling oh. special. He done set the room up different. We in a different location. Yeah, it just How came. How you feeling, man? This, you this, good? The, we we letting the people, the our next levelers into this our office, right? Mm. So this is where we kind of have a lot of our meetings. So mm-hmm. we be trying to switch up the locations around the crib. Got the next okay. level in the background. For sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Back it's, there. It's a lot of dope stuff going on in here. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> for sure. Nice. For sure. Yep. All right, let's okay. get into it. Who well, we bragging on? Okay. So today we are bragging on Kenny Smith hmm. from our Next Level Speakers Academy. All right. He made 5K for one engagement. Let's go. Let's go, Kay Smith. You so, know? Let me tell you something. So to be a new speaker... Mm-hmm. I remember it, right? Yeah, to get $5,000 for one engagement. And Kenny, you know, people speak for free. Like, we always talk about the heart. We we believe it's ministry, whether you're speaking for a church or a school or a corporation, university, it's all ministry. Absolutely. But to get compensated for it, it just makes it sweet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and Kenny is like, man, I was just trying to make... Five thousand a month on my job, but yeah. then spending an hour is special. So shout out to Kenny. Shout for out sure. Kenny, yeah, he gonna enjoy it all too. He ain't got no agent yet. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, she's still in business mode. She, I love she's it. like, what's the percentage? I love it. That's dope, man. Yeah. No, but let's get to it. Yes. Okay. So without further ado, all right. I want to introduce to all of our next levelers, and I'm going to speak to Sula. You won't. This this is your first time. But this will not be your only time. Come on now. Okay. That you coming All on the right. podcast. Right? I love it. I love it. But my sister from another mister, I call her sissy. She called me Broby. Broby Man, one Kenobi. You know? Hey. <laughs> Man, my sis came all the way in uh, from Florida, man. Oh. Sula Lyell. What's up, sis? Man, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me into oh, this space. You already know. Mm. This you is a big do. deal. This yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. Glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah, Sula has a phenomenal story, right? And we're going to get into that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to first tell him how our mutual brother. Mm-hmm. So I met Sula through Brian. Mm. You know what wow. I'm saying? So okay. be like the gift that keep on giving. Yeah. Right. Wow. And, um, you know, and to see the relationship that you have with Sophie and how y'all have been growing over the years. I know in the mornings y'all be having y'all's um, kingdom Yes. Uh, worship and Bible study just on the kingdom of God. Yeah. Man, I just just glad you're here in my home, Sula. How yeah. you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling yeah. good. Good. Feeling good. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Well, thank All you right. for thank you for being here. We know that you have a very important journey, an inspirational kind of story to to share with us today. 
Um, and so we just we want to let you kick it off by just tell us a little bit about yourself and like how how did you get here today? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, life started in, honestly, complete horror. Mm. Um, you know, I had a single mom working hard, going to school, just trying to make it. So that meant mm. she had to depend on people to babysit me, mm. you know, often. Um, and so unfortunately, um, one of those people that, that she entrusted me with happened to be an occult trafficking family. Wow. So from 18 months to three years old, a baby. I mean, straight out the gate, it was trauma. So my first memories in life are hiding in closets, being mm. stuffed under comforters, um, all of these mattresses on the floor in these two rooms and being moved from different mattresses on the floor. And um, and honestly, the spirit realm, like demonic stuff happening in the spirit realm because mm. of the occult activity involved with the abuse that I was enduring. Wow. And so my mom found out for the first time that I was being abused when I actually asked her to give me oral sex. Mm. Wow. Um, because I was taught by my abusers, this is normal to have to give oral sex to adults, male, female, this is normal activity. So that's how she knew, okay, something is really wrong. And that's that's between a young age. Yeah, that, that you was talking about? 18 months to three. When you asked your mom this? When I, I was three years old. Wow. Yep. Wow. Three years old, because okay. I thought it was normal. Got you. Um, I had been conditioned and programmed to believe that's normal. Mm. So that was life, like, from the beginning for me. Mm. So in my childhood, you know, there were several different abusers. It was almost like, I, and I think it's because the level of occult activity, how it started. Okay. Mm. Um, it's almost like just demonic stuff, trauma seemed to always be attracted to me. Like, mm. There would be different, all different types of abusers that would come into my life. Um, this caused me to struggle with mental illness. Mm. Um, when I was very little, I had fractured parts or what's called DID, dissociative identity disorder, used to be called multiple personality disorder. Because when you go through the type of trauma I went through at a very early age, it like splits and fractures the soul because wow. part of your soul oh, wow. has to compartmentalize that yeah. so you can keep living. And so um, by age 12, I mean, I was just completely suicidal. Mm. Um, I'd already had multiple abusers and ended up in a mental hospital. Because, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know Jesus growing up. I didn't know hope. I was searching for it. Mm -hmm. I searched through all these different, you know, spiritual, okay, so is it, is it Hinduism? Is it Wicca getting involved in witchcraft? Because I knew the spirit realm was right. real. Mm -hmm. right. It was very active. It was probably just as real to me as was in the natural. Because mm. at nighttime, there would be all kinds of crazy stuff being pulled out of my body, raped by demons, Jesus. witches, occult members, astral projecting into my room to curse me. It was wow. very real to me. Wow. Um, and so by the time I was uh, 14, I met the next trafficker. Mm. And um, you know, he was this fine, older dude, swooping in, interested in a young little gal, you know, and ended up being very abusive mm. and would hold guns to my head, um, very abusive physically um, and verbally, would uh, take me to the spot in San Francisco, show me other girls working, kind of just really yeah. grooming me and showing me the game. Um, How do these traffickers like insert themselves into your life? That's a good question. <laughs> I think it's like, I think traffickers have the ability to see, like mm. I call it trauma check. Mm. Mm. I call it trauma check. And there's a couple of ways that they do that. But it's like, if if a girl is very like, you know, 
closed in, doesn't really make eye contact too much, ha- you know, isn't isn't um, secure and mm-hmm. confident in who they are. Yeah. Generally, you know, they can kind of tell uh, by demeanor mm-hmm. and by, by the way someone carries themselves if there's been like trauma in the past. Wow. So then it's like, okay, you're going to be easy to manipulate. Wow. And so, but because I had been through so much abuse, mental illness, now by, you know, by by age 12, 14, like I'm diagnosed with bipolar disorder, with clinical depression. I got all this mental illness, which is really just unhealed trauma because mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't able to heal right. through all my stuff, right. you know? So my inside world was so chaotic. In fact, I felt like I was living from multiple worlds mm-hmm. and realities. In school, I would be doing so good. I was getting all A's. I was getting, um, you know, honor classes, uh, college classes in high school, um, you know, program at Stanford for for students interested in medicine and UCLA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was also um, selling ju- drugs because my because my pimp boyfriend was teaching me how to sell drugs wow. at, high, at the high school. I had vodka and a water bottle in my backpack. Wow. I was popping X and Molly and acid, just trying to find ways to cope. Mm. Searching in the what what spiritual thing can I believe in to help me mm. was finding no help. Wow. What physical thing can I do to numb it mm-hmm. was finding no help. Nothing satisfied. Nothing right. really truly wow. helped. Mm-hmm. Um. By age 17, I met my third trafficker or exploiter, and they and she, it was a girl, okay? And it's important to know, mm. all traffickers are not men. Mm. All traffickers are, I mean, there's women yeah. that will capitalize off of people's bodies, right. sell them, you know? Wow. Um, and so this girl um, was known as a dancer in San Francisco, and she ended up convincing me um, by a whole lot of game, convincing me, you need to come with me, blah, 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 blah. You know, we can make money and all this stuff. And it's important to know that trafficking happens by force, fraud, or coercion, meaning someone forces kind of like gorilla pimp. They beat you into it. Mm. You're beaten into submission, have experienced that. But then it can also be lying to tricking somebody Mm. into a situation where you think you're coming to a job and it's something else. Got you. Or the coercion is just the manipulation that right pop, so yeah. no no matter how you get there yeah. you end up being sold and so i'm in san francisco 17 years old a minor mm-hmm. in the strip clubs and going with her um to hotels on on calls with um with you know tricks and customers and buyers and i'm like how how did i get into this mm-hmm. and i was able to get out of that with her because i was still at home with my mom and with my family and here's the thing I, beca- I think because of the dissociation, mm. um, I was able to like really, okay, I can, I'm here when I'm home. Mm-hmm. I am here. I'm brilliant when I'm at school. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I loved about myself was mm-hmm. I can do good at school. That's cool. And then at nighttime, I was a whole different person. Wow. I was mm-hmm. I was coping with those demons, trying mm-hmm. to fight through all the mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so is this during the actual school year? Yeah. So you're you're being an amazing student and just living a double life with demons and probably night- triple quadruple yes wow. because of all these different parts of me gotcha. right that are harboring okay. different types of trauma. Gotcha. So I imagine your mom wasn't that involved, like she wasn't really aware because right. when I would come home, honestly, I would be in my room all the time. She okay. knew I struggled with mental illness because I mean she knew I was at a mental institution when I was twelve. Like she knew. That I always that I struggled with being suicidal. She knew that I was struggling, but I would just always be in my room. 
um, and didn't really feel like I could talk to anybody because my my internal world was so crazy. Mm. Like, who would believe me anyway? I'd never heard anybody talk about the stuff I was dealing with in the right. spirit realm. Or I didn't know what trafficking was. I just thought I was always in some chaotic situation. And I was always fighting somebody off of me. Somebody was always trying to take advantage of me. I just thought this is what life is. Like, right, right. it's normalized. But I knew to hide it from my family. Right. Mm. And I hid it very well. Wow. Yeah. You know? So um, after, after, you know, moving forward, you know, like I graduate from high school, I'm going to San Francisco State University, um, end up getting certified for a phlebotomy, drawing blood, doing lab work, because I loved helping people. I love the, the idea of helping people heal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I got into a situation where I didn't have anywhere to go, mm-hmm. anywhere to live. And so what am I going to do? Well, I saw piles of cash mm-hmm. on that stage in San Francisco when I was stripping and hustling as a minor. So, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So I went and found a strip club that was like two hours away because I didn't want anybody to know, <laughs> find mm-hmm. me or know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I started dancing um, and quickly was able to get you know get a place and, and all of that. And being in the sex industry, whether it's by force because someone is making you, um, or whether it's by yourself, you're choosing to by choice. It is a crazy mm-hmm. world. <laughs> it's some sick people mm-hmm. in in the sex industry, you know, in the strip clubs. And I mean, I had uh, so many close encounters with just crazy people while I was in that. But ultimately, after about six months, my mental health was really, really fading. Right. And I was just like. I mean, because I had already felt like my value and my worth was mm. taken from me every time someone used or abused me mm. throughout the course of my life. It started this way and it's still here. And I felt like it's just one traumatic event after another. This is never going to end. This is always going to be this way. That's what I was believing, the mm. lies I was believing. So I found myself in the middle of a suicide attempt because I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I, I cannot keep going. The pain, the noise in my head. <laughs> and the pain deep down inside, there's no remedy for it. Yeah. I've searched and I can't really find it. And um, I actually had an encounter with God hmm. as a stripper, drunk, insane, and out of my mind mm. in the middle of a suicide attempt. A holy, powerful, pure God um, saw me mm. and came into that suicide attempt. And I had been to a church before and like started to learn a little bit about God, but it was like kind of what we would say, like legalistic or more like controlling. Like you got to mm-hmm. dress a certain way. You got to do all this stuff to earn up to someday feeling like you could be close yeah. to God. So it was kind of like, oh, I, I feel like this is truth, but it was like, I don't know if it's I can't me because I'm a yeah. mess. Yeah. Does exactly. he really want? So when I, when I had this suicide, when I was in the middle of the suicide attempt and I'm sitting there in a puddle of my own blood everywhere. And I knew where to cut. This was not about, you know, just cutting for attention. This was like, oh, I know where the veins are. Mm. And um, God came in and God just showed me, like I saw a picture or a vision of all of these people, like crowds and crowds of people. And they were broken. They were, they were wounded. And they were staring at me with this eerie gaze, like swaying back and forth. Mm. And they were dirty and they were broke down and they were just you know, desperate. And I heard God say to me, who's going to reach these people Mm. that I created you to reach? Wow. Mm. And in that moment, I was like, wait, my life is about more than me. Mm -hmm. Like people are, I'm going to be able to enter, like what? Like you want me? 
Like, look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at me right now. You know? Yeah. And uh, so that's when I knew, like, okay. And I feel like that was my first, like, real pure encounter that was not clouded by the mixture of what people told me about God. Yeah. And I was yeah. kind of, like, really getting to know him in a pure way for myself. Yeah. You know? Um, and so moving on is still a healing journey, right? It's like, it's not like you just meet God and then you're like, hey, instant perfect. Right, you know, right, it's not right, even about right, perfection right, anyways. But, right, but now, right, now you right, knew right. who to go to. Yeah. Because you were looking at, you know, saying all the different witchcraft or Hinduism, Buddhism. But now you know, like, okay, God is real. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So real. So like, I could, like, nobody could pay me enough to make me believe he wasn't because I encountered him. Right. Yeah. I had an experience with him. It wasn't just about like listening to sermons or listening to what people say. It was like, no, like I met him for myself. Mm-hmm. He is real. Yeah. Right. So, um, so after that, I'm like, I gotta move out, I gotta move, I gotta get out of this area. Cause, you know, I just I need a fresh start. So I go to uh move to Missouri, start going to college there. Um, and and start getting on. I don't know if you guys even remember, but MySpace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember. I was a whole programmer. Right. Okay? Coding I was everything. Code. I was learning everything. <laughs> getting my page together, you know. Um, but some people from LA ended up seeing my page and they were like, oh wow, you know, you're beautiful. Da, 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 da. You should really consider modeling and acting. And so when they said acting, that kind of got me because when I was younger, I used to always love being in, in plays or like putting together plays for the kids in the neighborhood. I'd be like, y'all come to my house and you're going to be this and you're going to be this because it was a way to escape reality. Absolutely. So I was like, I loved it, right? So I thought, okay, maybe this is how I'm going to see all those people. Yeah. Maybe this is how I can help people. You know, I can travel and do that. Yeah. Um, and I just, I moved to Los Angeles, green, greener than green, hmm. um, and just didn't really know what the whole entertainment industry was like really about. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I ended up going to, you know, all the auditions, all the auditions, all the, the networking events, and you're supposed to go here, you're supposed to meet this person, you're supposed to, all that stuff, right? And I end up um, at this designer's house. He was a billionaire. Um, and it was this like daytime soiree type, everybody network. (laughs) And on the TV, this big wall of a TV, it was lifestyles of the rich and famous. Mm. And it was playing over and over and over about this resort that he had and Mm -hmm. Oprah stayed there and all these celebrities. This is where celebrities vacation and how much it costs Mm -hmm. every night and showing this paradise of a resort. Yep. And so I leave and um, meet this this person. He, he actually, the, the designer, like, runs up to me, like, at the door when I'm leaving. Like, oh, wait, wait, you're, like, you're leaving so soon? Oh, I'm so glad to meet you. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, yeah. all right. And so shortly after that, his people reached out to me and said, we would like to, you know, hire you for a job, a modeling opportunity, and um, all-expense-paid trip. I was like, what? I'm thinking, Maybe this is kind of like right. making it big, because trust me, if you if if you try and find anything on me in the past, it's not gonna be much. I had three seconds of D-list fame, maybe in a couple of, you know. <laughs> 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 I didn't. They found me quick. Look, I didn't really get too far. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> 
But, um, you know, so I'm thinking maybe this is the big break. Yeah. Like maybe this is it. Right. And I knew we had a clothing line. It was in all this, like all these stores nationwide and it was legit. So I went and, um, I mean, stupid girl. Cause I had a, at that time it was a flip phone pay as you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't even put the international plan. I know. I know. Mm. I, I mean, I really was not smart. I was not wise. And I only had a, a one-way ticket. Wow. So I'm just I'm just trusting, like, oh, yay, it's all expenses paid. This is legit. Like, right. da-da-da-da. I'm right. thinking, I'm going to be good. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Get there, and it's another nightmare. And mm. here I am in another situation. And this this designer was a trafficker. Not, I didn't know that. Mm. I'm thinking this is a great opportunity. Mm. Um, and so it was just different girls that would come every night. Um, you know, it was just a whole nother horribly disgusting situation of, you know, having to be under a monster yet again. Mm. And, uh, some girls were super young. I mean, I remember a girl couldn't have been maybe 12, no shoes, Wow, no shoes. And it was like, we would all have to sit around this big table. Um, and we were so lucky to be able to, um, eat food from a world renowned chef. Mm. And it, wow. and an experience mm. all this luxury. Like who we were so lucky to be mm. there, mm. and we would eat food, and and he would pick who he wanted to rape that night. Um, and then if he didn't pick yet, then we would have to play games like Scrabble and all this stuff until he's like, hmm, I think I want you. Actually, I want you and you and you. And then we would have to, you know, obey him. It was illegal to not obey him, and so. Um, that was horrible. So I, I realized that some girls got to go home and I'm thinking, wait, how y'all, how are you guys getting right. out of here? Because the security gate, like you can't just walk out right. or, or run to the corner store or something like that. It, it was like, it was locked down. Wow. And so one day I went and I asked him and, and mind you, you have to understand, like, there's like some universal laws in the whole trafficking industry. Like you don't speak unless you're spoken mm. to. You don't, you know, you have to remain like it's this pressure to be perfectly what they need you to be and not get out of pocket, not be disobedient. It's it's just like and you figure this out real quickly when you don't do what you're supposed to do. Gotcha. And so, so I look, knew I have a question for yeah. you. Yeah. Did you see anything during this time that resembled family? Did you see a wife uh from from this man? Did you see any kids, anybody like playing, like anybody in their in the natural, like in their natural being? To where you were just like, oh man, like, okay, that's nice. Like a sense of normalcy. Like I know you say you like did certain things to escape the reality of your situation. Did you see anything over there? Like maybe separately away from everybody else, but did you see any sense of family or maybe him having like a something stable outside of everything that was going on? Uh, we did interact with like, like, like he had a mom, like a, a oh yeah, <laughs> like this was over Christmas vacation. So it was like you're having to go through all of the, yes, we're doing the holiday. We're going to the mom's house for Christmas, you know, um, meal. We're doing all this. You have to do all this normal stuff, but you're being raped and tortured. And so, it's, it's, it's again, it's like, it, and that's why I think a lot of people that experience trafficking actually have DID mm. or dissociative identity yeah. disorder because how do you go through the motions and still stay alive with the reality mm. of the torture you're suffering. Gotcha. And that's why I think it's so important to be able to recognize the signs of, of what trafficking looks like. Cause it's like, otherwise these people are just 
slaves yeah. in and out of society and nobody sees them. Um, and I definitely don't think anybody was able to recognize, recognize me yeah. because I appeared to just be like this old nasty man with all these young girls, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, and that's the Hugh Hefner culture Yeah, that was, you know, all, all that was out at that time. And it's like, oh yeah, look at him. He must be, wow. you know, um, in, in those environments, did you guys ever go out and have anything mm-hmm. normal? We did go out to eat. Mm. We were in and out of hotels. Mm. We were in and out of different locations. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so it wasn't like I like being captive and stuck in one place where you're not well, there was when we were at the resort, we weren't able to leave and we were stuck there. But you would think like, oh, chained to a bed somewhere in a basement. Mm-hmm. But the but the chains and the manipulation and the control of of, of these traffickers is like, you are chained. You're not going anywhere out of mm-hmm. sight. You're not doing anything unless they tell you you can do it. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't need to be chained to a bed You're because when chained. they break your soul, yeah. that's all they got to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I I, I got the, the courage and the strength to ask one time, which you don't do. You don't start a conversation, but I did somehow. And um, if I could get a ticket home and he said, you're not going anywhere. I bought you as a Christmas gift hmm. for my girlfriend. Hmm. And she's not back yet. <laughs> so he basically, like there was pictures that he saw um, from the um, from the event that I went to in, uh, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And she picked out my picture, like ordering a pair of shoes for Christmas. She wow. said, I want her. Wow. What and goes he, through your mind when you, when you ask a question like that and someone says something like that to you? Uh, a human being, you can't, you're not going anywhere. I picked you out as a, as a Christmas gift. Like, what are you thinking? I, and I know you've been through a lot of trauma to this point so much, but just to hear certain things, I know have to flash to where you just look at everything or something stand still. Like, what are you thinking in moments like that? Like that's, it's just mind blowing to hear that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's shock okay. and it's, oh no, it's happening again. Ah, got you. It's happening yeah. again. That's but at this point, time. it's been so normalized, gotcha. right? Okay. So I, you know, I've been raped several times. I've been abused several times. I've been in these situations several times. So it's almost like you get conditioned and programmed to just, I got to go the least path of abuse. Mm. You just kind of are trying to avoid yeah. to the best of your ability, the worst of the worst. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I think it's just shock and oh, it's happening again, gotcha. you know? And so um, eventually I, I guess, fulfilled whatever I was supposed to fulfill with, you know, this, this girlfriend when she came back from holiday. Um, and basically they just bought me to be a sex toy for them. Um, and she began trying to groom and teach and train me as well, because I just laid there numb, checked out, dissociated, staring off somewhere, trying to be somewhere else, be someone else in those moments. Um, and she was like, look, you got to, you have to step it up because he's not happy with you. You just lay there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she she started grooming me on and porn, showing me porn and showing me all these things. Well, we have to do this. This is what we have to do because we're going to put you in front of people and you have to be sexually available for whoever we put you in front of. And they talked about all these celebrity names of people wow. that they like. They said, we're swingers. This is what we do, which is, mm. if anybody yeah. says they're swingers, opt <laughs> <Right>. in. <laughs> It's more than swinging, it's trafficking mm, too. That's good to know. Uh-huh. Wow. That's so really I was like know. thinking, and so yeah, they 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 rattled off all kinds of celebrity names of who we like to do stuff with. And so anyway, um, she ended up letting me 
um, she got a ticket for me to go home. And then that's how that's how I got back. The girlfriend did. To leave was, or just to visit? Well, she thought she thought I was going to stay with her, like stay connected with her. Mm. So she was able to convince him like, hey, yeah, just give her a ticket home. Yeah. You know, how and did that's you, how how did you get to that point of her like agreeing to, to get a ticket for you? Um, playing the role, playing mm. the role of her girlfriend. Mm. I played that role and that's like survival, like survival Mm. Stockholm syndrome. You play the, like whatever you got to do. Cause there was like really horrific, aggressive stuff that this man liked. And I was like, I had already experienced it Mm. from him and I didn't want to experience it anymore. Yeah. And so it's almost like you get like, again, it's like being programmed as Mm. a mind controlled person when you experience this. And and at that point, you had, you already had God like as a part of your routine mm-hmm. in your heart. Like, how did He play a role in that setting? I feel like there were moments where He was there for me. Like, it could have been worse, mm-hmm. as bad as it is. Mm-hmm. And in this short time that we have together, I'm just giving nutshell version, mm-hmm. little snippets of all the horror I went through. But I, in hindsight, when I look back, I can see him in my whole story. Mm. I can see how things could have been worse. Mm. I could see how I could have been dead so many right. times, mm. you know? Right. Um, but he kept me alive for a reason and for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so in the middle of it, I wasn't always aware of how close he was. I wasn't always aware of how much he was still protecting me, even in the middle of torture and like how he was allowing me to get through it. And sometimes that's, 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 that's really how it be. Mm -hmm. It's like, we realized later, like, oh, wow, God, you was with me. Mm -hmm. Like it could have been worse. Like I was complaining about this, but it could have been so more, I could have not made it. I could have not survived. And so um, we want to, there is so much more so mm-hmm. to your story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To our viewers, to our listeners, we want to part two. Can we do a part two? Because oh. I want to give you some time All right. to yeah. really <laughs> pull this thing out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I feel like in this first section, we broke down from, from the age of 18 months to three years, what happened, mm-hmm. 12, 14, and college and survival mode and everything else right Mm -hmm. to now you're being trafficked overseas and now in the part two i want to talk about like that transition Mm -hmm. right and and how god set you free and how he has you on the path you on now because sis you are the epitome of i don't look like what i've gone through Mm -hmm. you feel me like she's like the epitome of that yeah Yeah. so i ain't gonna lie and i know some of your story i didn't know all of it but i'm even sitting here myself listing like I got chills, man. I'm like, how? Like, yeah. for you to have that joy, that light inside yeah. you, like, yeah. man, listen, man, God is real. <laughs> right. Yeah, so He's so real. Yeah, so we're gonna have you back. We're gonna do part two, which will be available for y'all next week. How you wanna close it out, Mike? What we do? Oh, y'all stay tuned. I'm telling you right now, this is next level living podcast. Don't meet us there next week. Beat, Beat us there. there. Let's go. Okay. <laughs>